0: Second Line Studio, Legal Gambling Council. Joining me, as always, Mr. Austin Gray, Ben Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Gentlemen, as we were prepping to gamble on college football week 15, two, count them, one, two commits for the Rebels tonight. Brandon Buckhalter and McKeelan Pounders joined the 2021 class. Real quick, we're going to run through lightning round.
1: What is everybody's thoughts?
0: What are everyone's thoughts on the two recent commitments
1: for the Rebels? Excitement. You know, it's just good to be, I guess, relevant in recruiting again.
2: I'm in the, the flip my them, spirit, the flip my spirit.
0: That's
3: exactly right. Position a need to was we don't have a ton of wide receivers on next year's team. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, that is something that is important to note. Uh, need to kind of reload the cupboard, if you will, at receiver. And then uh, McKeelan Pounders, I, I think that's another uh, position of need that that isn't talked about a lot. Really young offensive line on the roster right now, but um, going to lose a few dudes. And there's some younger guys that have played a little this season, but haven't really wowed the staff. And uh, I think they're... Look, we, we know Power Five football, SEC football. You always got to reload the trenches every single class. And is um, Pounders, dude, that committed to Mississippi State for a long time. A lot of people around the southeast and and nationally think that he is a guy that can come in and play. I, I think uh, he has the skill set and he has the the frame and the and the athleticism to play tackle. Could be a dude that comes in and, and plays at guard. Um, physical. Kind of has that cliche mean streak that you want in an offensive lineman. So uh, nice job by Randy Clements and getting him and and Derek Nix and uh, getting Buck Halter back, who was committed to Ole Miss, what seems like forever ago. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in to week 15. Nicholas, the keys are yours. Let's go ahead and crank up the van and get going.
3: All right, so like I said, no Ole Miss, uh, Texas a this weekend, and uh, Kentucky and South Carolina finished last week. So uh, I guess a little bit of a lighter slate with that said. Um, we'll just start off. Uh, Georgia travels to Missouri. Kind of feels like a little bit of a trap line from a Missouri team that, you know, can kind of put up some points, as we saw last week against Arkansas. Georgia's laying 13, uh, anywhere from 13 to 13.5, and, and over-under is 53.5.
0: Yeah, I'll keep it simple. Uh, I think Missouri covers. I like what uh, what Connor Bay's lacking that offense. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz, he's a fucking goober, but that offense has has played really well this season. Uh, they score a ton of points. We saw him last week win a shootout against Arkansas, a, a very much improved, dangerous Arkansas team right now. Uh, One. Uh, late fifty to forty eight. They put up a ton of points against uh, a really good Barry Odom defense, and you know that that was a big game for, for uh, for those folks in Coma with Barry Odom coming back to town. But yeah, Georgia just hasn't been overly impressive offensively. You know, JT Daniels gives them something he can throw the ball downfield, but I still don't think JT Daniels is one hundred percent. That knee is still um a little, <laughs> you know, a little testy. I, I wouldn't say uh, um. I just don't think he's 100, percent but you know they don't really have a ton of weapons, and they don't really have a, a legitimate run game. The offensive line has struggled throughout the year. Um, <clears throat> wonder why? Um, but uh, yeah, it's not like they can lean on a run game to really mow you down and, and lean on you and, and play keep away. So I like Missouri's chances here. I think Georgia wins, but Missouri keeps it
1: close. Uh, I agree. I think that Missouri covers at home. They they're catching 13. Is that what you said? At 13 and a half. All right, yeah. You know. 13 and a half. Give me Missouri. I won't add anything to what Zach said. I like Missouri. It's the home team here. Georgia's still really, I mean, they just, I don't know. I, anytime you change quarterbacks in the middle of the year, I always feel weird. I, Missouri's five and three are pretty hot. So, um, Yeah, give me the Tigers.
2: We'll go a little against the grain here, I guess. It is that time of year where we try to discern motivation because a lot of teams around the country have quit. Um, Players are opting out. Uh, Very few teams are still – highly motivated if they are outside of the playoff picture mizzou is one of those teams i think i think they're motivated for their first year coach um they're still playing hard as we saw last week against arkansas there's still a ton of buy-in there georgia probably is not as bought in but having said that this is just a step up in class for mizzou um You know, Arkansas's roster is a far cry from Georgia's, and it's hard for me to get the Florida, uh, Tennessee, and Alabama games out of my head. Um, When Mizzou faced competition at that level, that tier of talent, they got shellacked. I mean, those games weren't even close. Now, again, Georgia is not on the same tier as Bama, but but from a talent standpoint, they're probably – pretty close to Florida and certainly above head and shoulders above Tennessee. So I do worry that Georgia's just got a much better roster than Mizzou, uh, motivation aside. So, you know, it kind of feels like Vegas is asking us to take the Bulldogs here with that 13. They're not giving us that key number of 14. Um, I'm going to step right into the trap. I I think Georgia wins and covers. I'm not going to lock it, but I just trust, Georgia's talent level, even if they aren't necessarily up for the game, I think they just have the horses to uh, to run away with it.
3: So, all right. So, this may, may be a game I circle back to. So, looking through Bill C's numbers, a win ex- post-game win expectancy, he has Alabama and Florida under five percent from for Georgia, and then he's got Alabama, Florida, and Tennessee under five percent from Missouri. So, yeah, Missouri did get whipped by you know those those teams you listed there. But so did Georgia. I mean, the the 41-24 game against Alabama wasn't all that close. And then that game against Florida, they were never really in once Florida kind of got going offensively. This is a step up in class. But I also don't think we saw what Missouri had coming last week. I mean, you know, Austin, I think I don't know if you locked it, but you talked about how it was going to be a low scoring game. Missouri, 94th best defense in the country, threw up fifty points against Arkansas, which is a pretty good defense. I don't want to say they're, you know, they're kind of firing on all cylinders here, they're clicking. But I do think it is, you know, a home game. Georgia has this game. Excuse me, it's, it's on the road. Georgia has this game and Vanderbilt remaining. Not a ton to play for. If you're giving me 13 points, I'm going to take Missouri just just based on you – know, it could be kind of low scoring. Uh, I don't really get – the the point if you're georgia of you know what you're doing here i mean you're gonna obviously gonna beat vanderbilt next week but you know what you came here for is kind of over with so give me the 13 and a half points uh if you man if you could get it at 14 before it closed i mean obviously you'd take that so all right speaking about arkansas um alabama travels to arkansas alabama is laying a big number and i think they're going to cover it's uh Anywhere from 32 to 32 and a half and over under 68 or 68
0: and a half. Oh, yeah, this one, I've gone back and forth on this one a little bit. Um, Oh, you know, I honestly, I feel like this is a spot where it could go either way. I think Alabama either just continues to just roll I'm leaning towards Arkansas putting up at least enough of a fight in Alabama, kind of sitting in cruise control. They've clinched a spot in the SEC title game. I don't really know how motivated they're going to be to just run it up on Sam Pittman and just mow them down like they did LSU a week ago. It's a big number. I think Arkansas barely covers. Maybe, you know... A late touchdown, maybe KJ throws one to Traylon Burks and they cover late. But I also just kind of think that this is a game, vintage Nick Saban, where they aren't as sharp as he wants them to be. And he just kind of beats them up in practice to get ready for that matchup against Florida because that's an essential playoff play-in game. But yeah, I think Arkansas barely covers just because it's a big number. And I think that this is vintage Saban to get, get them ready for the SEC title game.
3: Up in here and say, I, I think that Alabama is is outclassing them. I don't know know what's happened to this Arkansas defense. I mean, they 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 fell off last week against Missouri. I mean, giving up you know fifty points against the Missouri team. You know, again, without a great offense. Um, I, I don't know if they've given up. I don't know if they're if they're kind of short on players. I mean, I mentioned last week Rocky Boyd was out. Didn't really hurt them offensively, obviously, but they are short on some players. So I, I'm going to go ahead and, and lay the points with Alabama. I just don't know that. If they throw it in neutral or you know cruise control, hell, if they throw it in reverse, I still don't think Arkansas, Alabama can score fewer than 50 points. I just think they're physically incapable of doing it. I mean, they shut it down last week early in the third quarter against LSU and still won by, what, 35, 35 or 38?
1: But Saban still wanted to do that, though. I mean, they, sure, but, they shut it early, but he wanted to beat LSU that bad. But I just don't know. They're just so much better. You could just run crossing route. I
3: mean, I guess you could run the ball essentially every play. But, I mean, how good uh, – think about the the discrepancy between Missouri's offense and Alabama's offense. And Missouri scored 50 last week on them. So, I just don't think that Alabama can score. I think they're incapable of scoring fewer than 40. And I don't know that Arkansas is going to score many points. I would go ahead and lay them. I think they're probably going to win by 35 to 37.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll be quick. I'm a, I'm going to tell Zach here again, and 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 take the points. 11 a.m. at home. I think Alabama sleepwalks. I know that you know that's blasphemy me talking about a Nick Saban team. I just I I think that 31 and is such a big number that I think Arkansas can get to 14 or 17, and I don't know that. I mean, what does that mean, Alabama? You can't let them get to 52 at 17. That'd be a 35 point win. Yeah, it's going to be close to that. It's a sharp line for me. I'll take the points at home just to go against the green.
2: Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think the number's as sharp as it gets. But I, I, I tend to agree with you, Ben, on your reasoning. Um, Bama's got bigger fish to fry. They just came off of the bloodletting against LSU, which was very important to them, obviously. And then on deck is uh, will be their game of the year, uh, to date until they get into the playoff. The, Saban has absolutely no incentive here to throttle Arkansas. And I, you got to think that uh, Pittman may be the new Matt Luke for Sabin where Saban thinks he's kind of cute and, and sort of doesn't go all in on just embarrassing him. I know Luke got embarrassed by Saban, but I don't think it was intentional. So – um I take Nick's point, Nick is absolutely right, that even if Bama tries to throw it in neutral, there's a chance that their second and third stringers put up 10 points and then they get the cover. But if I've got to bet it, give me the points. Sleepy early kickoff, nothing really on the line. Bama just needs to get out of there with a win, and uh, they've got bigger games in the near future. So give me the 31.5. All
1: right, so so quickly – do you know how many games that, that Alabama has played this season where they would have covered a 31 and a half point line? Three. Mississippi State, Kentucky, LSU. LSU, LSU yeah. Oh, Arkansas is in that, in
2: that same at, flavor. Look at you,
0: Nick. Well, I had their schedule here put up in front of me. So.
1: <laughs> I totally forgot about the 11 a.m. kick, too.
3: Yeah, it, that's it. going to, that's a huge,
1: I, I honestly think that might favor the away team, but, Absolutely. Um, um, but I don't, th- it's very rare that you flip on the 11am game and it's 52 to nothing. You know, this will be the, since I just said that this will be the week that it happens, but. That game's usually not a blowout like that. Those games are
2: funky. Here, let's say this, too, before we forget. I heard y'all's pod earlier in the week, and uh, you lamented the fact, I think, Nick, that we didn't mention it. If you want to bet it, though, bet Bama first half. I think I've said that every week except for last week. So, Bama's going to be, what, laying 18, 17 and a half first half, I assume? That's easy money. They're going to be up 21, 24 at half.
3: Yeah, uh, th- I, th- it was seventeen last week on twenty nine and a half. This is probably we'll call it eighteen and a half. I still think that you're probably. I, I mean, I, I don't think that the cutoff's going to be eighteen. I think they're probably going to be up something like. I mean, can Bama score fewer than thirty points in and in a, in a half? Let's call it twenty eight. Then all they have to do is win twenty eight to seven, and, and you've gotten that one right.
2: Yeah, if they get four, if let's say they get six possessions, they're probably scoring on four of them, right? So, yeah.
3: Absolutely, All right. this is my game of the day, and I'm, I'm I normally I say that sarcastically. I cannot wait for this game because I'm holding out hope that the Commodores are going to put up a fight. Tennessee travels to Vanderbilt; they're 15 point favorites. It seems like a lot of points for a Tennessee team that hasn't looked good, and I mean since like what October. Uh, so under over under here is a, a flat 50 as well.
1: Yeah, I'm laying the points. I'll get out of the way. Tennessee minus fifteen. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't, this Vanderbilt team's the worst SEC team I've ever seen. So Well no, I mean know. they hung with Kentucky a little bit. They played
0: with MSU. <laughs> I think I think this is a this is a Vandy team that wants you to think that they're not that bad. And I think Ken Seals is okay as a quarterback. It's just it's just him and and Cam Matthews and that's it. Or, or Cam Johnson that they, they don't have anything else. Like they, they don't have that. Um, I mean, who, I mean, I'm comp- drawing a complete blank on some of the running backs they've had over the years that have been able to give them some balance and to let them run the football a little bit. I, I don't know. Tennessee sucks. They have zero to play for, but Vandy's worse. And I just think that Tennessee's just going to be able to out athlete them. And Tennessee's defense has, has some dudes They're going to be able to hold Vandy, get a ton of three and outs. That's just, I'm with you, Ben. I, I wanted to say that Vandy's going to put up a fight and make it interesting. And Nick, I'm with you. I will be locked in for this one because I do. I'm very, very curious to how Tennessee is going to come out and play because, like I said, they have nothing to play for. It's on the road. It's going to be at Vanderbilt Stadium. There's going to be nobody there. It's just going to be a weird spring game type vibe. I just think Tennessee's too good, and Vandy's just absolutely hopeless.
2: I want to lay them as well, but if this game had been played when it was supposed to have been played a couple of weeks ago, I think I was prepared to, to take Vandy in the points. A lot has transpired since then, though. I think Vandy is below 50 scholarship players now, and um, you know, I, unlike Mississippi State and their Thermopylae against Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl, um, I don't even see a moral victory coming out of this for Vandy. Um, I, I think they're just so undermanned at this point. Um, And God knows Pruitt needs something, some success. I I don't know if this is going to satisfy Tennessee fans at all, him whipping up on Vandy, but I think he absolutely has to do it. And last week against Florida, look, Tennessee didn't look that bad. I think y'all touched on it earlier in the week. If they had stayed with the freshman quarterback, he didn't look bad at all. I think they threw off his rhythm by playing musical chairs back there, and maybe he got a little banged up, but – Tennessee just a far better roster. They're better on defense. They've got enough pieces on offense to 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 at least put I'm going to say 28 on Vandy if not get into the 30s. Um if they get into the 30s it's a comfortable cover. I just you talk about teams with nothing left to play for. Vandy's coach got fired. Um most of the roster has quit, opted out, and doesn't want to be there. There's just absolutely no reason to, for Vandy to get up for this game. I know that, that Tennessee's the rival, but I, that that stuff wears off after the first five minutes. So I think Tennessee grinds out, you know, a thirty-three to seven win, fairly ugly, but a, but a comfortable cover. Mm.
3: All right. So Vanderbilt, if you're looking for them to score thirty points, they've done it one time this season. Matter of fact, they've scored. Over twenty-one points, just one time the season. That was at Kentucky uh, a couple weeks after the the game against Ole Miss, and then they, and they were kind of looking decent there. They hung in there with MSU, then they went up to Kentucky and lost by a field goal. That was pretty much the you know the their swan song. I mean, that was the, the pinnacle of their season. Since then, it's been all downhill. Y'all are probably right. This is probably me just wanting to see a, a just a true meltdown in Knoxville. Uh, that's probably. I mean. Fifteen points kind of seems like a trap line now that I think about it. You probably wouldn't take the balls here. But, I mean, I don't think there would be, you know, a, a funnier thing to witness on Saturday than if, if, if Tennessee was unable to cover that game.
2: Uh, all right. Oh, look, if they, if they lose that game, Clay Travis is going to conduct another coaching search for Tennessee. <laughs> it's happening.
3: Oh, man. That would, uh, like I said, that would be one of the funnier things that could transpire. You know, especially if Ole Miss is not playing, that would really make the Saturday. Uh, all right. The uh, next game, another Mississippi team, I guess, is playing. Auburn goes to MSU. Uh, Auburn is laying. The uh, line opened at seven and a half. It, I texted you guys earlier today and, and said, why was it at four and a half? It's, it's all the way back up to seven. So, or six and a half, seven. You can kind of get it on either space. I don't really get that drop in the line, but I guess I get where it settled back. I don't. I thought anything under a touchdown seemed seemed like a really good line on for, for Auburn.
0: Yeah, a little weird. And you know, Auburn made things interesting last week with AM. And look, I mean, if there's anyone that's a dead man walking, it's Gus Malzahn. But this is kind of like Tennessee Vandy here at, you know, state lost the egg bowl. Leach is damn sure not going to get them riled up for that game. I don't even know if he's even going to care about this. Um, I just think this is kind of where Auburn just has better players in a few spots and they get it done. I mean, all jokes aside, Bo Nix has played well the last couple weeks. It's nothing to really ride home about. Or, you know, Pro Football Focus isn't throwing up a bunch of tweets about him. But, I mean, he's serviceable. Their defense is got some dudes over there they're making plays and they've still got seth williams that can go up and get a football uh i I think that that auburn wins the game i think state keeps it close i think leach is gonna coach this game a lot like how he coached the egg bowl he's gonna try to play keep away play the you know time possession card dink and dunk and try to really extend drives and and you know if he can put Chew clock on, he's going to. And I think that's what he's going to try to do. Uh, They don't do it running the football. They just do it with Will Rogers, just throwing those mesh routes across the middle over and over and over and over. I think Auburn wins uh, just because they're going to make some plays and Will Rogers is a true freshman. So he's bound to make a mistake here or there. Um, I feel like I'm going to punch myself in the face on Saturday, but I'm going to take state to cover.
1: I agree. Matter of fact, this is the second week in a row that I'm going to lock in an Auburn game. I'm going to lock in Ooh. Mississippi State plus Whoa. six and a half or seven, whatever you said it was. Didn't Zach say that he's picking State to cover? Yeah. Yeah. I think he uh,
0: said you can get it at seven. Locking it yes. in,
1: though. Locking it at seven, yep. Uh, matter of fact, I, I think that sprinkle money line here. What? Look. Look, hear me out. This is a good – this is a good matchup for Mississippi State. Late in the year, they're playing better. They're going to be – call it Thermopylae, call it whatever you want. They're going to be playing with confidence coming off the Egg Bowl. They are. I mean, they just are. Will Rogers threw 400 yards. And confidence is a real thing in football. And State's pretty good up front on defense. We saw that firsthand. They've They've got a lot to play for. And Auburn's pretty much dead in the water now. I mean, they got pounded by a up front last week. I don't see there being any reason for them to want to be into this game. A lot of their fans want Gus gone. I'm going to say half the locker room does too. You know, and and where Auburn is good, you know, with Tank Bigsby and those guys, uh, the real small running back whose name escapes me right now, State's good at top. I mean, they're not terrible up front on defense. Like I said, I, you know, In my opinion, I think State covers this line, and I think that there's a very good chance they win the game outright. Oh,
2: Nick, you're going to have to talk us out of this because I agree with Zach and uh, Ben here. State's found something with Rodgers at quarterback. Now, they're not prolific. They haven't looked great. They're not world beaters by any stretch, but they are actually moving the ball. Finally, Um, I know Auburn's defense is a hell of a lot better than Ole Miss's defense, but we talked at the beginning about teams and their motivation at this point in the year. Auburn's done. I mean, it's over for them. It may be over for Gus Malzahn, and I don't know how the locker room feels about that. If the rumors are true that Kevin Steele might actually, you know, be the front runner there, half the locker room may want Steele to be the head coach. I don't know, but I do know that State is playing better. And seven's a fairly big number with an offense in Auburn that is not prolific themselves either. Are you going to trust Bo Nix on the road to, to run it up on state? I don't think so. And we've mentioned all year about how state's defense has carried the water for that team through thick and thin. I mean um, – State's offense has struggled all season, but their defense is not at all. I think their defense is capable here. If, uh, if Nick turns it over one too many times, I'm kind of with Ben here. State may get them outright, but I would I feel comfortable taking the seven as an insurance policy.
3: All right. I, I mean, you guys almost talked me out of, out of my thinking here. So if there had been one more of you, I probably would be on, on your side here. But, I, I mean, <laughs> it's possible – but like you said Auburn's given up. I mean it's very possible. You know, I mean they they've played some good teams in the last two weeks though. I don't think that that should be overshadowed. They went on the road to Alabama, they got whipped, and then they played a Texas A&M team that has a lot to play for. They played some good teams and then the, the last team they played that was, you know, of, of lesser quality than them. They beat them pretty good in Tennessee in 30 to 17. So and then obviously before that they they destroyed lsu and then, then they beat us so they would had three good games in a row and maybe after those two weeks maybe they have totally given up it's their last game of the season uh you know they're gonna take a couple weeks off before the bowl game obviously i don't know the coaching situation I mean that's obviously up in the air but i, I don't necessarily think just because they had two bad games against two good teams that they've totally thrown in the towel against a a team. I mean, I think these are college players and I think that it is difficult to get up every week. But I also think that, you know, you smell blood in the water a little bit whenever it's a team that you think you can beat. And maybe you do lose a little bit of focus against Alabama, though you shouldn't, but, but you, you gain that focus when you're back against MSU and it's your last game of the season. And hey, they could have thrown in the towel. I just don't I think that we're we're kind of we might be underrating that Auburn offense a little bit. I mean it's not great. It's 45th in the country, but I don't think it's necessarily all that bad. And I think Bo Nix has progressed a little bit as the season's gone along. And if you if you want to find a game where MSU scored more than 24 points, you have to look all the way back to the first week of the season against LSU for them to have scored more than 24 points. Now, 24 may get the job done against Auburn, but it's probable that 24 is right there, you know, kind of in the game. I don't think they're going to win it outright, MSU. Um I still feel good about the cover, especially if you can get it at six and a half. So that's probably which way I would lean. But, I, I mean, I just think, you know, you talked earlier about Arkansas and Georgia, or excuse me, um, Arkansas and Alabama being a step up in class. I think this is what that is. I, I still think that Auburn is is just, you know, a step up in class, a step up in player. And I don't know, you know, what Will Rogers has found. I, you're right. But at the same time, you know, Part of that was he found that against Home Miss. And so I'm I'm not sure how much of that might be fool's gold. Um, That's just, you know, again, if there was one more of y'all, I'm probably on your side. So um, speaking of LSU, uh, LSU. You were absolutely dead wrong, by
1: the way. But go ahead. On
3: what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. All right. LSU. I'm sure Nick will be right. And Auburn will win 38 to 3 on the road oh. with nothing to play for, coming off giving up 400 yards rushing at home to AM in a skull crushing <laughs> loss that probably just a coach fired. Here's the thing about this is where I'm going with this. Auburn has a game every year where Gus saves his job, and then they get hot as hell down the stretch before they lose the Iron Bowl. It seems like it happens every single year, and that's why they're nine and one against Ole Miss in the last ten years, or whatever it is, two and two and eight against Ole Miss, or eight and two against Ole Miss in the last ten years. The wins being thirteen and fifteen, or twelve and fifteen, what, whichever ones. This year, that didn't happen. They and the Mississippi State game is not a win that saves Gus Malzahn's job. This does not excite Auburn. Mississippi State does not excite Auburn. Now, had they beat Georgia? Yeah. Or, you know, Alabama? Yeah. They beat LSU, but LSU sucks. Look, it, it's, they're, they're a lot. And it's just outside perspective, they're a lost cause. The very limited Auburn people I know, one fan in particular that Nick also knows, they want Gus gone. Yeah. He's, and so they've wanted him gone for the I better mean, part of four years, though. No. But it's the temperature is hot now. Right. Like, and he's a very good gauge of their fan base that they're ready for him gone. So I have to think that that has at least, you know, by osmosis entered its way into the locker room somewhat. Yeah. 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 You're probably good. We move on. We move on. Yeah. Sorry.
3: All right. Last game. Uh, Speaking of teams that have literally nothing to play for and have also bull-banned themselves, uh, LSU goes to Florida. Uh, Florida's minus 23,
1: minus 23.5, kind of. I'm going to lay the points and lock it in. I'll get in front of y'all here. Florida minus 23.5 is my second lock. Beat me to it. Yeah, lock it in. Thought- <laughs> if, we, if y'all want to do a universal lock, we <laughs> well, do you know?
0: yeah, yeah. You, you got it first, so yeah, not the actual lock, but yeah, Florida's going to beat their ass. Do you feel like LSU's a- this might
3: have the same kind of effect that Alabama has going going into a game that yeah, they don't I, need I to do. win it by 23 points? I mean, if they beat Alabama, I, so I think.
0: Well, see, here's my thought process process here is one LSU is not good, but two, I think Dan Mullen going to try to get as many style points as he can to try to, if, 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 if in any way possible to sway voters to, even if they lose in the sec title game to still give them a shot at, at, at the four seed. Um, either way, I think this is one of those weird games where Dan Mullen is just going to be ruthless. And, Honestly, I don't even think they have to really try to be ruthless. I think this is a big-time Heisman moment potential game for Kyle Trask to really make a case to at least get invited to New York. I think Kyle Pitts, Kadarius, Tony, and the rest of that offense is really going to put on a show. I mean, LSU is just a shell of themselves from a year ago. I mean, they lost everything. Granted, Joe Brady's not there. Joe Burrow's no longer the quarterback. They lost a ton of NFL talent. Clyde Edwards-Elair is no longer in the backfield, but... We talk about, you know, um, we talk about Auburn not really having anything to play for. State not having anything to play for. Uh, Tennessee not having anything to play for. I mean, LSU, self-imposed bull ban, whatever, hand wank to that. Um, but, I mean, they, what do they have to play for? sure as hell ain't trying to impress anybody to get some eyes on a Gator Bowl or a Capital One Um, not even that they were going to get that invite but yeah I mean Florida is just really really good and I I don't think it really matters whether they're trying to get style points or not they're just going to beat them like a drum so yeah lay the points
2: I share some of the concerns I think that Nick was hinting at. I I do worry that if I'm backing Florida here, that they have the giant look ahead on deck with Alabama. And, you know, as much as Mullen may be motivated to run it up, to try to impress and get style points, he may be equally as motivated to rest some guys and stay healthy because it really comes down to the game against Bama. I, I don't know that a 70 to nothing win against LSU actually gets Florida in over an undefeated Ohio State. I think in order to get in, he's got to beat Bama. In order to beat Bama, he needs all hands on deck. So I don't think you're going to see Kyle Trask or Kyle Pitts late in the fourth quarter on the field for Florida. I think Florida gets up big, you know, first half and then Mullen throws it in neutral. The question is, obviously, does LSU have the horses to even fight their way back in it? Do they have enough talent for the backdoor cover? And I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, the players are seemingly opting out every day um, for for that team. After Bama just shelled them, their season is done. They have absolutely no motivation. Um they've got stuff going on around that program uh, so it's not that I would endorse taking the points here I can just see a scenario where Florida wins by three touchdowns and um, you're pissed that it was a near cover but but you didn't quite get there so complete stay away I think it's right around that number um, maybe 24, 27 but uh, if I've kind of bet it I'd probably take the points but I won't know part of this one
3: I actually think, um, before we get a break here, I actually think I'm going to lock in the under 60, best number I can get, 68. (laughs) So, okay, my reasoning is, much of of kind of what Austin said, Florida's I don't think Florida's going to run it up. Let's say they max out at 40 or even 45. Then you've got to get 23 or I guess 24 points to lose out of LSU. I don't think they're doing that. Eric Gilbert's out. Every single wide receiver with a pulse. Uh, that had a catch last, at all last season is out. I mean that I don't know what's going on down there. They've on you know on a Wednesday night at nine o'clock they they news dumped the fact that they're not going to go accept a bowl invitation this season. They're almost certainly not going to accept one next year because typically when you self impose one get one season bowl ban, the NCAA slaps at least one more on there. I mean I can't think of anyone in recent memory where a team was like you know what we're good for a one year bowl. You, you do that preemptively so that they don't get it too harsh, and they almost always add at least one more season. I just don't think from kind of the smoke that we're hearing that this is a one-off thing for them. So not good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's just not a time to play for. An offense is abysmal. A Florida defense that was really, really maligned at the beginning of the season, they're top 25 now according to S P and but it's a, it's a pretty good defense, I think, that's come a, come a long ways as, as the years progress. And I don't think they're giving up many points to LSU. I mean, not many teams do at this point. So under 68 feels like a pretty good thing. Unless Florida just says, hey, we've got to outdo Alabama last week. We've got to score at least 50-plus on them. I think the under 68 is a great play.
1: So isn't it weird how the lack of in-state rival for LSU has really um, – I guess, muffled the fact that they've imposed bowl bans, Mm -hmm. self-imposed. Nobody's really talking about it. Maybe COVID helps too, but. You don't think that there will be any books written about this? (laughs) Exactly. I I guarantee you there won't be. Um, Now, I didn't give my reasoning for why I thought Florida would cover, and I'll be quick. One, is because of the self-imposed bowl ban, but I know how college students will have this, you know, I guess one last stand type deal, and maybe that's LSU's this weekend. And it's not necessarily for the same reason Zach is talking about with Mullen wanting to run it up. Mine is more about LSU's quit. And I think that Florida, I think they're too good on offense for LSU, you know, Florida is going to get out ahead and they're not going to stop scoring. And LSU, I mean, and it's go- not going to be because they're not trying. I mean, they're not going to have to try. It's going. This is the same analysis I had last week with Alabama. Florida is not as good as Alabama. It doesn't matter because LSU is not going to get up for Florida the week after they just got pounded by Alabama. It's just not going to happen. Ed Orgeron is going to implode on the sideline. And um, I – Firmly believe that Florida wins this one win 38 to 10. Now, that's not a comfortable cover, but it is a cover. <sighs> Go ahead. All right. Yeah.
0: Uh, valid point. I, I've definitely thought about that exact scenario where Florida kind of sleepwalks to a really close cover maybe lsu somehow backdoors it but we'll see all right we're gonna take Mm. our break uh quick word from the sponsors when we come back we'll give you the rest of our locks for week 15 so hang tight we'll be right back it's zach again podcast rebellion to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show if you like New Orleans inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, crap, slots, Southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English restaurant group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost-grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there, and be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now, and you've got your lunch specials. 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in taylor mississippi and be sure to follow them on instagram for all their latest updates and uh comings and goings there at wonderbird speaking of libations if you're in memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year old dominic on south front street is your place to go just like wonderbird you could go there for a tasting for a tour or both and be sure to check out the rooftop bar which is super awesome has some great views and of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, You can try their Hewling Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Hewling Station Bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic, And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate Via telephone. You can give them a call at 662 257 1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion Legal Gambling Council. Week fifteen. All right, Ben is off and running. He's got two locks in. We're gonna go ahead. Uh, Nick's got one. We're gonna go ahead and jump in here, get you uh, get you some locks, let you make some money. All right, for me, first one, out of the gate, college football playoff hopeful, the Buff boys, up in Boulder. Golly, I'm- yeah. Sorry, Nick. This is a good, it's a
3: great line. I don't know what Vegas is thinking. I mean, the Buffs have looked great.
0: Uh, Utah has played what two games, three games. Uh,
3: yeah, I think they've played two games and they're 0 and two, right? No, they played three games, they're one and two. They beat Oregon State last week.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Colorado undefeated. Uh, everybody keeps making jokes about, yeah, outside shot the playoff because they're the Pac 12 representative basically now. Oregon has shit down their leg. Um, I like the bucks here. I, are you seeing it, Nick? At, at minus two.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Two.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Take the bucks here. I, I really like um, what Colorado has done this year, and then yeah, Utah's just been kind of weird that they're typically it's just it's just strange. I mean, Whittingham is usually you know they run the ball, they're really tough, they play really good defense, um, and, and I know that they've. They, you know, they've only played a couple games. They've got out of the gate pretty slow, but Carl Durrell has done a fantastic job in Boulder. I like what Colorado does. Um, I mean, they had an impressive win. I mean, yeah, Arizona sucks, but it was a prime opportunity for them to play like shit. Um, they didn't. Um, and look, what Colorado has been able to do with their offense, I mean, Jarek Broussard ran for 301 yards. I don't care who you play. 301 is a ton of yards. 25 carries. Average 12 yards a carry. Um, I I, I love the Buffs. I love Boulder. Looking at real estate there is is depressing because I'll never be there. But, man, I I love this line. And Buff boys, baby. Play them.
2: Yeah, I'm with Nick. I like it a lot. Nick, you up?
3: No, you go ahead. I've already gotten one in, and right. I have to go back to the drawing board.
2: All right, let's go to Miami and North Carolina. What number do you have on the total? Uh,
3: let's see. Uh, I, I love it. I, I was actually looking at the uh, the spread there. Let's see, over under sixty. I uh, can get sixty seven or sixty seven and a half.
2: Let's go over 67. uh, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Neither team's defense is very good. North Carolina's is particularly bad, and Miami's is just kind of fraudulent. Most of their numbers have come against the ACC's bottom tier. And even when they played teams in the ACC that had relatively good offenses, they played them during weather games. There's no chance of rain in Miami this weekend, or or virtually no chance of rain in Miami this weekend. I'm not really worried about weather. It's going to be nice and warm. Uh, Sam Howell and UNC are going to cook. Their defense hasn't stopped anybody all year. They're not going to stop Derek King um, 67. Look, so both teams getting in the high 30s. Let's call it 38, 35 canes and we go over 67 pretty easily. Mm.
0: You know, right, yeah, you I think little is going to put up points.
2: For sure.
3: Yeah, in a hurry too. And I looked at the uh, in North Carolina there. I think they were catching a couple points, and I really thought that, that that might be a game that I just trust North Carolina a little bit more. But all right, uh, you took the over there. I'm going to go under a totally different number. So This is Southern Miss is hosting FAU, so in Hattiesburg, uh, Southern Miss is I think a, a seven or eight point underdog, but the line the over under is 44. I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Uh, MS, uh, excuse me, USM has not broken 44 in a game uh, since uh, since October. FSU has only broken 44 in a game twice all season. Total, that's total combined points. FSU's previous games were 23, 16, 30 and 24. So not a lot of points. Both teams have really, really bad offenses. It's not so much a play on the defenses. It's that both offenses are ranked outside the top 105. And I just think that Southern Miss, I mean, who knows what they've got to play for. FAU, you know, obviously with the new coach this year after Kiffin left, they're still kind of figuring things out. That offense is is abysmal. Uh, I just think it's going to be a low scoring. You know, we could see like a 22-16, something like that type of game. So
1: under 44 there.
2: Hashtag Mississippi made.
1: Is it it my go? This is my third. I'll let y'all get another round in. Go ahead. All right, I got another one.
0: I'm going to go UAB minus eight over the Rice Owls. Uh, UAB's lost a, lost a couple tough ones. They lost to a ranked Louisiana team, and they lost in overtime to La Tech last week. I just think Bill Clark's a good enough coach to get them back up for this one. Rice is not very good, and I think that the Blazers are going to rely on solid defense and then the two-headed monster. Of uh, Spencer Brown and Dwayne McBride running the football. Uh, I just think that this is a a get-right spot for UAB. Um, I think what Bryson Lucero, Tyler Johnson, they kind of have a two-headed monster at quarterback too. Um, Tyler Johnson's healthy again. He's going to play some. Lucero has looked good at times this season, but again, running game, solid defense. I think they're going to have enough to get a Rice team that is not very good. I mean, they they lost to a Middle Tennessee team earlier this year that is just running on fumes at this point with dealing with COVID, and they're just dealing with a lot of talent discrepancy in some spots. But I like Bill Clark, better Coach team, more sound defense, and like I said, a run game to lean on and really drain the clock and just kind of lean on the Rice Owls and, and take this one. So I like a two-score win here for the Blazers.
2: I like it, too. Rice is due to come back to Earth after their huge win last week against Marshall. They shut Marshall out on the road. Um, yeah,
0: how, how could I forget that? That was bizarre.
2: Yeah, those, there's no way those kids are prepared to play this week's game. They're, they're going to be thinking about Marshall up until you know kickoff on Saturday. All right, I'm up. Let's go uh, another total. Out West, Nick, what can you give me on the total in the USC-UCLA game?
3: Uh, Let's see. UCLA, uh, 62 or 62.5?
2: Let's go over 62. Uh, Chip Kelly finally has UCLA playing like a competent football team. I don't think they're great, but they've gotten into the 30s on offense quite a few times this year. They bogged down a little bit at Arizona State, but still managed to get the win uh, last week. I think USC is going to get to the mid to high 30s here. Um, UCLA, the line tells me, is going to hang around. It's only two and a half right now, right? Two and a half or three in USC's favor. So the books think US, I'm sorry, UCLA keeps it close. So if I'm banking on USC getting into the high 30s, that means UCLA is going to be not far behind. I think we go over 62 comfortably. It's going to look like uh, the Pac-12 has looked in years past and not so much this year. Uh, shootout.
3: Oof. All right. I like that one a lot. And, you know, you had yeah. a number in the 60s. I took FAU and USL in the, in the 40s. Uh, Another number in the 60s. And I think I'm actually going to go back to the well on service academies. The over-under in this game is extremely low. Are you going to do it? No, I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going over 38. I like it. As crazy as it seems, Navy's bad. Navy's not got a good offense. And and, and... Army sees it every week. But I think they're going to be able to score 14. And I think Army's going to run it up on them this year. I think Army's just a lot better than they are, so I think you're going to see Army approaching the thirty, the thirty marker. And we've said it a hundred times. Maybe it's just me that said it, but when you can't slow down the option, it's like they just don't stop coming. I mean, y'all, y'all remember what Navy did a couple years ago? Excuse me, Army did a couple years ago against Houston, and they just ran it up on them. When you can't stop it. And There's nothing you can do. You, see, you can't get off the field. It's just methodical, march down the field, seven, eight, nine play touchdown drives. I think Army's going to do that a number of times this game. So I'm thinking we're looking at a, a 31-14 type victory for Army. I just think they're a lot better than Navy this year. So give me over 38 in the service academy, and I feel gross doing it, but it has to be done.
2: I think it's a winner, man. I think the books have wised up to that principal play on service academy unders and now is the time to go the opposite direction. It's just too low for a college football game with turnovers. It's,
3: it's, it's too low. I mean,
2: 38 yeah. points is,
3: is five touchdowns and a field goal.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, so, my, my go. Um, That's right. What can I get on Arizona State-Arizona? Uh, you can get
3: ASU minus eleven or eleven and a half, depending on which side you want.
1: Okay, over I'll, under fifty five. I'll take that. I'll take Arizona State minus eleven at Arizona. That's, that was my next bet. That's a good Good pick. Okay, so last week i I took the uh, road favorite against Arizona. I'm doing it again. Herm Edwards' team is in is on a different trajectory than Kevin Sumlin's. Arizona's trash. And I think we talked about last week, I don't remember the number of games in a row that Arizona has lost by 10 or more points. It's a lot though. I mean, it's like 17 or 18, something like that. So um, yeah, give me Arizona state, Uh, the sun devils. I think this is an absolute um, mauling. I think this line is too low. I think they're giving too much respect because it's a quote unquote rivalry. But you know, I, I think that Arizona State wins by seventeen to twenty-one here,
2: and Arizona may be without their starting quarterback as well. So,
1: mm. All
0: right, Zach. All right, last one here. Uh, what can I get? Wisconsin, Iowa.
3: Oh, um, Wisconsin, Iowa. It's I like see a one-point it. line, is it? Yeah, see it anywhere from a pick'em to if you want to lay if you if you want Iowa, I think you can get maybe up to a point. So not a lot of value on either side.
0: Okay, well I'm taking Iowa. Yep,
3: yeah, so I can get you one point at BetMGM.
0: Perfect. Let's do it. Go Hawkeyes. Wisconsin sucks. Another team that's only played like two games.
3: Yeah, Wisconsin's been kind of, uh, kind of disappointing. I mean, that they just laid they really, down. They last really week.
0: have. I thought last week that they would bring Indiana down to earth, but man, the Hoosiers. I don't necessar- I don't necessarily know if they're for real, but they're really good, and handled them. Now I know with Kent Randall, there was nobody there, but they won on the road, nevertheless. I was just solid. You know think, what? Kirk, you were- know what? Kirk Ferentz is going to do, and they just yep. get it done every year, and I just. Uh, Graham Mertz is going to be good for Wisconsin. He's a true freshman. He's 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 got a ton of talent. But right now it's just it's not a lot there.
3: And I think two people kind of forgot about Iowa because of what they did to start the season. I mean, you know, they lost to Purdue, which, you know, it happens, and then they lost to Northwestern, and everyone was like, maybe this team just sucks. And they've really lost five and went five in a row since then. Now they haven't beaten honestly haven't beaten anyone good. Michigan State, Minnesota, Penn State, Nebraska, and Illinois. Nobody good, but they have won five games in a row. I mean, not a lot of teams can say that this year. So. And their games
1: really haven't been close.
3: No, and then the defense is is good. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has always got them coached up on defense.
1: Wisconsin did start the season pretty good, though. I mean they they blew out Michigan, even though Michigan sucks. Um, and they blew out Illinois, even though Illinois sucks. Should be a good game, I, I think. I I like the pig, Zach. I mean, it, you know, Iowa at home—that's great. You know, anytime you can take them at home, yes, and always play the under in Iowa City.
0: All right, Austin, take us home.
2: All right, Nick, what do you have on San Jose State in Nevada?
0: Oh, Oh, this this was a game
3: I stared at. You can get San Jose State minus two and a half. Please tell me you're taking
2: the Spartans. Absolutely. You have to. So they're undefeated, right? I think they've mm-hmm. covered in every game but one this season. And they've got Nick Starkle at quarterback. You have to back, back Nick Starkle when you have a shot, right? So uh, – They're just a better football team. Nevada's got a good quarterback in their own right, but um, San Jose State's a pretty complete team, top to bottom. Watched them earlier this year against San Diego State, and uh, they were just a better team on the field that night. They, They whipped San Diego State. There were no gimmicks. They just executed with their backup quarterback. Um San Jose State is well coached. The one thing that gives me a little pause is they are off of the trip to Hawaii. And that usually takes, you know, your body a couple of days to adjust. But these are young kids playing for uh, an undefeated team. I think they're going to be sky high. This is probably um, the game of the year in that conference. So uh, give me the short number with San Jose State.
3: I mean, in the Spartan skin, they can claim pretty much a national title. If they win this game and they Absolutely. win the Mountain West Conference, well, there's going to be, what, eight or nine undefeated teams this year. Buffalo's going unbeaten. I think either USC or Colorado could go unbeaten. Now, honestly, actually, both teams could go unbeaten because they didn't play each other this year. San Jose State could go unbeaten. Coastal could go unbeaten. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of teams that, you know, will, will finish the season likely without a loss.
2: Hang the banner. Hang the banner. And look, maybe we get to see. Do it. San Jose State matched up with a Buffalo or with a Coastal in a bowl game.
3: Uh, I mean, people still are still butthurt about UCF hanging the banner, what, three or four years ago? They still talk about that. Really
2: mad. Hang the banner,
3: sell the shirts, have the parade.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so recap of the locks here for Week 15. Running through... We've got Colorado minus two, UAV minus eight, Iowa plus one, Mississippi State plus seven, Florida minus 23, Arizona State minus 11, LSU Florida under 68, Southern Miss FAU under 44, Army Navy over 38, UNC Miami over 67, UCLA, USC over 62, and San Jose State minus two and a half. We say it every week, but feeling good. Feeling good.
2: Yeah, I felt great last week, and then I went zero and three. So I probably—I <laughs> mean, maybe I should opt out for the year after last week. But we're gonna—we're gonna ride with it.
0: You got—you uh, got the patent uh, Nicholas Carr Jinx there. I know he got you good.
3: Oh yeah, Zach, you ever gonna lo- have a losing record in a week? Well, I went one and two last week.
0: You ever going to go in 3 to
3: kind of pull you <laughs> back to the field?
0: Well, I you know, maybe this is me emotionally hedging with Wisconsin burning me last week, taking Iowa. But, um, yeah, man, I took a tough one, Arizona State. I stayed up fucking late and watched that. Ended up drinking a whole bottle <laughs> of wine because so I was so mad.
3: Uh, um, the game finished about 145 Central
0: Time. I mean, dude, on the one, and Jaden Daniels fucking fumbles the ball. <laughs> Uh, just brutal um but anyway ben and nick both 19 and 19 right now fighting tooth and nail for second place um or i should say third austin 21 18 and 1 and then i'm sitting at 23 and 14 in first place so uh contested battle here for uh for the lgc title but that's going to do it for week 15 um Again, I, I feel good about this. I think uh, we've got some good numbers up there for you to tail, throw them in some parlays, get, uh, get crazy on Saturday. Um, good slate. Uh, it, all things considered, with COVID and everything, we're, we're lucky to have football, so embrace it. Watch a lot of college football this weekend. Have fun. and uh, That's going to do it for Week 15 LGC. We'll be back next week to recap the week that was. We won't have any hangover edition because Ole Miss is not playing. Hopefully, we get, the, uh, we get the LSU game that we've all been promised to close the season out before we get ready for a bowl game. So, for Austin, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion Legal Gambling Council Week 15. Thank you all for listening. We are out.